to Blast from the Arsenal. Hello, everybody. How are you? How are you doing? I hope you've been keeping safe and well. Fresh from the news that uh, Boris Johnson's about to lift some lockdowns. Who knows? Diddley and I might actually get together in the same room and do a podcast again. Or, I don't know, is this is this Skype thing working out for everybody? Hey, look, that's going to be old news soon anyway, isn't it, Diddley? Because, um, of course, we're doing our live stream. But we'll come on to that in just a moment. If you're not familiar with The Voice, I'm Angelo, your host. And uh, thanks for joining us on another episode of Blast from the Arsenal, your weekly podcast for all things Arsenal. And, of course, I'm joined as ever by my ever-present co-host. It's Diddley. How you doing, Diddley? Good evening, Angelo. How are you doing? I'm well, I'm very well, you know, um, obviously exciting news coming up for the weekend, and I don't mean the Leicester game, it's our first ever live stream, are you excited? I am excited mate, I can't wait, it's going to be uh, interesting, something new for the listeners, something new for us. Yeah, yeah, there have been lots of hard work going on in the background, you know um so let's hope we let's hope we live uh live up to all the the build-up that we've uh we've been plugging away um and look let's be honest it's going to be like this but you can see us and we can't see you and you've got a chance to win a football shirt and you've got a chance to ask us questions real time now what more can um, you want to be fair we haven't got faces fit for the radio have we we're, we're a couple of good looking guys so. <laughs> oh you <laughs> uh but seriously if that's what you're into look just log in we don't mind <laughs> dial in or well, don't even dial in because it's it's not you know 1933 um which is nothing specific but just a, a long time ago but look we're getting off topic we're getting off topic i'm excited you're excited hopefully the listeners are excited um and uh we'll we'll see what happens now obviously we're, we're playing leicester at the weekend so uh you know, the mood could be either quite sombre or it could be party time to some degree. Uh, and, you know, we might move from 10th to 10th. Uh, yeah, let's hope it's uh, party time and not um, a Vardy party. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He's one of those players. He does always seem to score against us. But he look, does, we'll come on yeah. to the Leicester game in a, in a moment. Um, look, podcast aside, everything else good? Everything's good, mate. Uh I finally got a completion date to move house, so that's exciting as well. Yes. And luckily, it's not on the day that we're doing the live broadcast. Otherwise, I would have had to just say, look, sorry, guys, can't move house. Got to do this. Priorities. <laughs> Keep the fans happy. Blast from the Arsenal comes first. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like we're, you know, I don't know if Twitter do it, but I feel like we should be given a blue tick by now. I'm sure you once told me, is it when you've got over a certain amount of followers, you're considered a celebrity? Is that like a technical term? I believe so, yeah, but um, I don't know what that number is. No, and look, I'm, I'm going back on myself within 30 seconds here. We don't do it for the fame or the fortune. Believe me, there's none of that. We do it so that we could talk Arsenal and hear from like-minded fans. So That's it. You know? That's that said, what it's about. That said, if you want to give us a load of money... You know, we'll 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 find somewhere to keep it safe. Don't worry, don't worry. Um, now look, I always say this, but if you're new to the podcast, or you know whether you've been listening since day one or, or quite some time, take a minute to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram too. Diddly, that social media handle that they need to look for is it's at Blast Arsenal Pod. It is indeed. And same every week. It's the same every week. Doesn't change. Doesn't change. So. Um, you know, what is it again? At Blast Arsenal. Pod. Just in case they forgot. Just in case they forgot. 
And, uh, you know, exciting news, because we're going to be streaming at the weekend, we've set up a, a Twitch account, um, which is like a live Have stream. We? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, all done. All done. Don't worry, mate. So uh, all you need to do is go on to Twitch if, if, if you want to. Maybe you're already on it. Who knows? But uh, if, if you're not and you want to, you can use that to watch our broadcast. Obviously, if you're on YouTube or Twitter, you'll see the live uh, feeds from there. But Twitch is a, essentially a, a gaming streaming site. Uh, so we've set up an account on there. So look, lots of ways to, to reach us. And it's always the same as Diddley says, at Blast Arsenal Pods. Or just type in Blast from the Arsenal podcast or something like that. And no doubt you'll see our funky little logo. Um, so having Twitch, does that mean that um, we can uh, lock horns and, and have a battle online for everyone to see <laughs> of something? Like yeah. FIFA or, or what? Oh, I thought you meant like live wrestling <laughs> or, or something <laughs> wonderful like that. Yes, we can. We can do uh, FIFA. Um, I I don't have Pez, but you know, Pro Evolution Soccer, we could do that. Uh, I know you you've got and I've got Pez is free, right? No, no, you have to pay for it. Pez Light. Oh, we well, Pez Light, yeah. What's that like? Four teams you can choose from. Um, yeah, I believe Arsenal is one of them. Oh, it? good. <laughs> As part of our official sponsorship with them, we are a, they're a gaming partner of some sort, aren't they? Um, but yeah, okay, well we could do that. That's a that's a good shout. And you know, if you want to mix it up away from football, soccer, then uh, I think you've got a bit of NBA, haven't you? I do. I'm an NBA 2K kind of a guy. Yeah. Yeah. I play I, that. I've I've got it as well, but I, I fear you're much much better than I am. But hey, look, we could start doing that and upload some stuff onto Twitch. And look, if you're on Twitch, uh, listeners, let us know your um your channels and we'll start following you so we're good like that we follow back that's, yep. that's one of our mantras isn't it right okay so um you know i say it every week but it's been a mad one we've got lots to talk about lots of debate lots of listener questions and we want to try and fit it all in um and of course this week diddly is using his mobile phone which is now infamous for <laughs> reducing <laughs> reducing battery power by the second so probably time that we we crack on but in traditional fashion we can't let a week go by without tweet of the week so diddly do your thing baby tweet of the week tweet of the week tweet of the week fantastic <laughs> and tune in next week to see me do that live <laughs> of course <laughs> well not next week diddly it's sunday Oh, it's Sunday, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So tune in on Sunday, and you can, yeah, you can see him do that a bit. And the high pitch bit is, um, you know, a sight to behold. Now, tweet of the week. We've got a couple, haven't we? I think we found a few that we thought, you know what? Yeah. It's, it's quite a tough some good one. Good tweets this week. There are some good tweets, and <laughs> in uh, in traditional fashion. Oh no, I was going to say traditional fashion. I've I've lost them, but I've just found them, so we're good. So I think we've got three potential tweet of the weeks, haven't we? Uh, yeah. Do you want to read yours first? You've sure, got I can go first. So this is from Dirkyu Rose at D R X S E underscore, and they said, "Football manager is the reason I almost failed college. I was up till six in the morning trying to secure work permits for my wonder kids." <laughs> I do love I mean, what. He said football manager. I don't know about you, but I can relate to that. Yeah, I can relate to that. I I was a championship manager 
kind of guy yeah, back same. in the day. Not so much a football manager, but, you know, same problems. I mean, you can forget about failing college. Football um, championship manager was the reason I didn't go. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and look, yeah, sure, you can put GCSEs and A-levels on your CV. Everyone's got that. But has everyone got, you know, taking Peterborough United from, you know, Division 2, as it was back then, to the Premier League? I don't think they have. And that is, you know, mathematical genius, you know, how to control a budget. Yeah, I did that. I did that. Um, getting the best out of your employees. I did that. So I understand what you're saying. Definitely understand what you're saying. Good tweet. Good tweet. Do you know what? I've got a story about that. Two stories about that. Just quickly. I know your battery's dying. It always does. <laughs> Just have to get that in there. Um, right. My cousin had championship manager 94 on his um what would it have been it would have been on his atari i think it was no no no, it wasn't i lie it, it was after the atari he had a, a packard bell old pc and he had this when it was on a, a cd you know cd rom and it came with a book and the book had these scores in it so it was almost like a, a password to get into the game yeah. and so it would say something like go to page 21 read the first score and there were four scores on there um anyway after a while he gave me the games i never really played this do you want it he goes but i've lost the book i said yeah that's fine i'll take it 2-1 was the most common score all the time so every time i played the game you got three turns to put in the password if you got it wrong it kicked you out you had to start again so every time i loaded it up i just put 2-1 2-1 2-1 and more often than not it worked but when it didn't very frustrating so that's the first story useless one there's another useless story there was another game when i got a pc back in the day called ultimate soccer manager so if you haven't played it i've heard of I'm it i'm not familiar with that one brilliant game it it took championship level uh, championship manager to another level ultimate soccer manager 98 brilliant and um after that i never saw it again until recently where i noticed there was a facebook group for it and you can download like a piece of software onto your pc and like run old games but I've got a Mac, so it doesn't work for me. So uh, I've been frantically searching on online for a cheap-ass PC that runs Windows 98 just so that I can play this game because you could download it for free. So anyway. um, We're probably – people are switching off all over the, I'm sure over they the are. world right now. But um, I'm sure – we'll discuss it after, but I'm sure you can download an emulator that um, help you run that. Yeah, this is good content. Please tune in on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> there won't be any of this. Talk. Right, there won't. Right, back to tweet of the week. So second tweet of the week is from Chris Dixon, who's at Chris MD10, and he says, "Have we missed a subclause that no attempt at the ball sending offs only apply to Arsenal or what?" Which is obviously in relation to David Luiz not playing the ball but playing the man accidentally against Wolves a couple of weeks yeah. ago and got sent off, and there have been countless. Uh, episodes with other teams since and it's just been a yellow card or it's been no action taken i'm assuming that this one's regarding um liverpool match trent arnold against everton yes you're right you're right where it wasn't really a penalty if you ask me but no it wasn't was it but a penalty was given he obviously didn't play the ball played the man then just got a yellow card yeah uh, so yeah that's another good tweet of the week and the last one I've got a soft spot for it's quite funny. It's from AFC Glenn, who unsurprisingly is at AFC underscore Glenn on Twitter. Now he put keep this post it. out. Say again. Keep it. Keep it. Yeah. Keep it simple. 
He um, he put this tweet out before the Man City game, and it said, "If you think Arsenal can't get a result tomorrow, I'll remind you that Les Dennis managed to bag Amanda Holden. Anything is possible." <laughs> very good, yeah. Which is very good. Uh, oh, unfortunately, the irony is he managed to bag Amanda Holden, but Arsenal didn't manage to bag anything against Man City. Yeah, so well, maybe we uh, should discuss uh, tweeting before the City game. As yeah. It backfired. It did. It did. Quite dramatically. So who's your tweet of the week out of those three? Oh, they're all good. They're all good. I, uh, I do like the uh, AFC Glen one. That made me laugh. That was a good one, actually. Yeah, we, we both messaged each other at the same time when we read that, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. So, AFC Glen, well done, mate. You are Tweet of the Week. Tweet of the Week? Right. Uh, let's crack on. There's not been lots and lots of news this week. We're not going to do a loan watch. We'll we'll do that another time. But did you see Matteo Guendouzi's, uh, I was going to say excellent, but ironically, performance for Hertha Berlin at the weekend? I saw him fall over in the area. I tried to win a free kick. Um, didn't get one. And <laughs> the other team scored. Yeah. Is he that went, what you're referring to? That's exactly what I'm referring to. He went for some classic shithousery. Um, uh, yeah, went for some classic shithousery and uh, it didn't quite work. So, yeah, backfired. Yeah, well, he was guilty of that quite a lot playing for us as well. Um, under the pressure, he, he would try and win a free kick, wouldn't he? He would go down quite easily. More often than not, he would get one. Yeah. But not in Germany, it was mate. like, no. They don't they don't buy into that sort of shithousery. They don't. <laughs> they don't. So that's that's the extent of our loan watch this week. Um obviously more next week, but that was quite amusing. So there you go. Right. Have you got a witch number nine for me to struggle with this week? I do. Well, there's only one thing for it then, isn't there, Diddley? Witch number nine. Ba, 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 ba. Right. Uh, yeah, right, I, 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 I really struggled last week. So, yeah, come on. I need to get my game up. Let's go. All right. Potentially, I've got five clues for you here. Ooh, okay. Well, read them all. Read, read, read four out and save one as a backup. Right, okay. The last one won't help you. Um, <laughs> clue number one. Uh, he scored 23 goals for Arsenal Football Club. Okay. Yeah. Clue number two. Originally, he wore number 11. Okay. Clue number three. He played for five other Premier League sides. Okay. Clue number four. I hope you're playing a lot at home. He won 69 caps for his country, scoring 14 goals. Not a great return. Not a great return, no. Uh, well, you may as well give me clue number five if it's not going to help me. Just clue number five, he won many trophies, including two Premier League titles, two Champions Leagues, and three FA Cups. Okay, and he went from 11 to 9. So I've so I've been informed, yes. Yes. I don't yeah. I don't remember him wearing number eleven, I've got to be honest. Okay. Uh, he's won two Champions Leagues and he's played for five other clubs. 
I can hear people screaming it down the, uh, you know, down whatever they're screaming into. I'm really struggling here, actually. Two Champions Leagues. My first guess, I've said in previous weeks, but I don't know if this is a... How many goals did they score for Arsenal? 23. Yeah. Is it Nicholas Anelka? It is Nicholas Anelka. Ding, ding, ding. Well done. Good stuff. So what I'm thinking, Real Madrid, Champions League. and Did he win one with Liverpool? Or was it Chelsea? Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I feel like I've redeemed myself a little bit there. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I took a while. I took a while. I don't remember him wearing 11 either, but there you go. But, uh, yeah, in his first season at the club, he only played four games, I think, um, as a sub, and he, he came on wearing number 11, I believe. Oh, right, okay. Good profit on, on Anelka there. You know, 500,000 out yeah. of ESG Academy. Bosh. Great business. Yeah. Uh, I loved Nicholas and Elka at the time. Um, shame, really, that he didn't stick around longer. Yeah, yeah, but I think if we'd have kept him, we would not have signed Henri. That's true. Everything happens for a reason. It does. And we built a new training. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like training building, trading trading facilities from the money that we made from him going to Real Madrid. So I still feel like that's the wrong word, but we're going to use it anyway. Um, So good. Okay, more which number nine next week. Actually, on the point of Anelka, and anyone that knows me knows that I'm not really one for watching films or documentaries. I'm a miserable bastard like that. But there is a Netflix, I think it is, documentary called Anelka. Uh, It's all subtitled, but it's really good watch. And it kind of explains him a bit more you know like they say like artists are a bit quirky mm. you know van gogh cut his ear off um why why he's you know is he really like le sulk as he was yeah. uh, branded by the media yeah it's, it's, is it's he well just misunderstood he is a misunderstood genius yeah uh you can't help but kind of you know like I say change your your attitude towards him a little bit so if you've got nothing to do in the rest of this lockdown and you've watched absolutely everything else on Netflix, then go watch the Yanelka uh, documentary. And if it's not on Netflix and it's on something else, then I'm sorry. <laughs> it is Netflix. Is it? Okay, thanks, mate. Oh, dear. Right, okay. So let's look at uh, the weekend game. Arsenal-Man City. Uh, always the same, isn't it? Sunday, late kickoff, shit result. And, you know, puts a down on your weekend. Uh, what were your thoughts on the starting lineup? Let's obviously go through it, but I yeah. I kind of wonder were there any surprises for you because there were kind of one or two for me. Well, yeah, there were. I mean, I was surprised midweek against Benfica. If, you know, we'll talk about that after. But uh, in that game, we were unchanged from the weekend, and I thought there might be a bit more rotation. Um, they rotated the team for this match. Um, yeah, I was surprised to see El Nene in the starting lineup and Pablo Mari as well, really. Yeah. To be honest. Yeah. Read through the eleven just in case anyone, for whatever so, reason, didn't see it. Leno in goal. Yeah. As per usual. Uh, Kieran Tierney back in the side. Um, Hector Bellerin right back. Pablo Mari and Rob Holding came in at centre back. Shaka El Nene were the two central midfielders. 
And then we had Pepe and Saka. Um, Pepe on the right, I believe, and yep. Saka on the left. Uh, Martin Odegaard in the number 10 role and Aubameyang up front. Oh, he did play? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, all jokes aside, you're right. I guess the big surprises were Pablo Mari coming back in and um, El Nenny in the middle as well. Um I feel like with the City game, in some respects, we're on a hiding to nothing. City are by far and away the best team this season. They're on an unbelievable run. Was it 18 games now they've made it unbeaten? Something like that. Um, that's wins, I think, in a row. Yeah, that's wins in a row. Sorry, I was doing it. Yeah, it's something like 25, maybe? 22, 25, yeah. something around that mark. Yeah. Unbeaten. I mean, talk to me when you've gone 49 games unbeaten. I get that. But either way, it's still impressive nonetheless and they are looking like you know champions elect really aren't they so i guess in one breath you look at it and go well which game do we prioritize is it the benfica game that we played midweek which was unchanged from the weekend where they beat leeds obviously 4-1 4-2 even um you know is that a game that we sacrifice the the city game do we think we're going to lose before we go into it I, i don't know you know someone has to beat them why not us especially when we've got, I guess, a bit of an inside man that knows how well City play. Um, I was just a bit baffled by it. You know, I, there wasn't a lot of notes, I'll be honest. I didn't make a lot of notes from this game because I didn't feel like there was loads of action from an Arsenal perspective anyway. Obviously, we had um, uh, a couple of shots, but largely it was uh, Man City controlling the possession and dictating play, etc., and really, the, the, the key points that I took from this game that stood out to me, Holding and Kieran Tierney in particular look rusty. And, you know, I guess that's just match fitness. You know what it's like when you, when you don't play a few games, you, you do take a bit of time to get up to speed. But was City really the, the right game to bring them back into? I mean, it's a bit of a baptism of fire in terms of how fast they move the ball. Or was that part of the plan? Did Arteta almost think, you know what, if you can get through this game, you'll be ready and a bit more match fit for the Benfica match. So that was one thing that crossed my mind. And the other thing was the players looked so nervous with the ball. It was like a hot potato. You know, you just didn't want to hold it and pass it on to the next one. And that caused the passing to be so sloppy. Unreal. Even from players like Saka, who I thought actually had a good game. Just like sloppy with receiving it and control sloppy with with passing it to each other um you know city are a phenomenal a phenomenal team but i really there's just two of the things i really really picked up on i don't know about you yeah when i saw the lineup i was surprised obviously looking at it I, maybe he was setting up to do a, a sort of low block type tactics um hit and run yeah, with Elneny in there, you think, you know, he's, he's very defensive-minded. I mean, he, he barely passed it sideways, let alone forwards in this match. Yeah. And um, it, it didn't... And Well, to start with, it, we, we were just shocking, I thought, for the first 25 minutes, half an hour. Well, we didn't start well for the first ball. two We were lucky, lucky to still be in it. <laughs> Sorry. So we didn't start well for the first two minutes, let alone 25. But well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we were. We were lucky to to sort of have it at one nil. But yeah, sorry, mate, I interrupted you. I usually do, so do carry on. 
That's a, that's quite all right, mate. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I just like you. I was baffled uh, to to throw Pablo Mari, and he's missed quite a few games to put him in against the team that are full of pace and movement. I just thought, Jesus. You're not going to say what, that. You know, what the tweet? Tweet of the week actually comes from. Yeah. Tweet week. of the week. <laughs> Tell everyone what happened if they didn't listen and see. If you if you follow us on on Instagram, uh, not Instagram. Well, yeah, follow us on Instagram, but Twitter. I put a tweet out before the game when I saw the lineup, and it was something along the lines. Well, I'm paraphrasing at the minute, but um, so Pablo Mari in the starting eleven. I can only assume that's to uh, to deal with the aerial threat of Raheem Sterling. I mean, you couldn't you couldn't make it up, could you? No, it was two minutes in the guy has been caught to be fair he's not the one picking up sterling is he? no it's rob holding yeah rob holding gets his eyes drawn towards the ball gets a little nudge in the back not a foul for me but enough to get um sterling a half a yard of space and he rises and heads the ball in and it, <laughs> oh <laughs> like my head's my hand my head was in my hands and immediately people started tweeting at us about that yeah yeah you know. it was um no, i apologize i wasn't gonna tweet it but angelo, t- angelo well, he, told me to you messaged me and i was like that's uh, quite yeah funny. tweet it um not thinking it would come true of course and uh you know i think that's what they call curse of the commentator isn't it you know when it they is, say something yeah yeah it is yeah. i mean look i'm not oh, that's it i'm done i'm not gonna tweet before <laughs> a game during a game that's it <laughs> Yeah, stick stick to what you're good at, podcasting. That'll do. Yeah, that'll do. Thanks, mate. Um, uh, look, at the end of the day, the, the cross comes over from Mares, and he had. Um, I Kieran, mean, it, yeah, I was gonna say Kieran Tierney and and Pablo Mari on toast all, all game really because uh, as I said, both of them were rusty. Mares is great with his feet anyway, good trickery, and um, you know that that wasn't the only incident, but the cross comes in from that side in. You wonder would a fit Tierney put more of a foot in, or be closer to him, or close him down a bit better to prevent him from putting the cross in? Possibly, but the, the ball was pinged over to Mares, and it's a great first touch. Um, he is good at that. He gets it out of his feet straight away, and, and it's a brilliant ball in. Mm. It, it was perfect, inch perfect for him. Um, it was because it was over Mari. It was too far out for Leno to really come and claim it mm. and really it's played between Rob Holding and Bellerin and you, you have to wonder you know between them they have to communicate Holding they has do. to say I've got it or Bellerin has to read it and say you know Rob you're gonna miss it I've got it but neither of them do anything and the smallest man on the pitch I think he's probably smaller than Bernardo Silva rises up and heads the ball nicely, just places it nicely into the far corner. Leno can't sort of react because he's too, you know, the, 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 the header is too close to the, the goal line. And it's 1-0. And, and they, you know, they do that classic thing where everyone kind of looks around at each other like, oh, I thought you had it. No, I thought you had it. Oh, fucking hell. And that was yeah. it. Yeah. It's not, it's not good defending. Um, Which is not so and, and again, And season, again, it's, it, it's, it's really early on. The same happened at Villa. We need to start games um, on the front foot. Not 
they look like you said they look nervous they were backing off they just let City have the ball yeah not not you, good enough no and you have to wonder we're all human you know we all uh, well I certainly am I'm guessing you are too you know but we all have uh, emotions to um, things that happen and so I guess what I'm waffling on about is do you think some of the better players in the team you know looked at the lineup and saw Elneny and saw Mari and thought well we ain't going to win today are we you know whereas if maybe an Emerald Smith-Rowe was back in there or a party was in there there'd be more of a team belief of you know what we can have these lot we did it in the FA Cup and we know we know how to beat them when you go goal behind all that early and then, like I say, you, you see the rest of the team behind you, they're not necessarily the, the, the strongest team around you. Heads were down. It's not like we went 1-0 down and then thought, right, come on, let's have a real good go at them. It was almost a bit damage limitation, wasn't it? And they said we were so lucky not to be 2-3-0 down by half time, let alone by full time. Yeah, it was, yeah. Um, it, it took a, a long while for us to get a foot in the game like I said sort of 30 35 minutes uh to be fair after that we did um and then we sort of started to match them for possession but ultimately didn't really it it took so long to work the ball up to the edge of the area yeah. that that we uh didn't create anything they were just yeah. a, a cat toying with a mouse really yeah yeah it was um you know by the end of the game i've got the stats here somewhere i think by the end of the game uh let's have a look yeah match possession arsenal 45 percent and city 55 percent uh and i think you know the majority of our 45 percent as you said before was side to side back side to side back yeah. and anytime we made any forward progress with the ball you know saka was kind of leading leading the line there uh, with Tierney, in fairness. But Tierney was struggling with fitness to get back. You could see, you know, hands on his hips, hands on his knees. He was tired. Um, you know, by the time we went forward with the ball, there was no outlet to then do anything with it, was there? No. Um, and to, uh, to be fair, you when you know City are they are a very 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 good side. They put you under pressure. They, you know. They were hounding the back four. We were finding it hard to beat the press. Uh, You know, loads of backwards passes. Uh, And um, just not enough people being brave with it. Mm. Not enough people taking a chance. I don't think we have enough players that can take a player on. Aubameyang's got pace. So, you know, if you've got some, if you've got a back line that's playing higher up the pitch and they're, they're, you know, on the halfway line or between the halfway line and the 18-yard box... He'll outpace most defenders and he'll hit them on the run. When you're playing against a team that, as you say, they, they do have that sort of two banks of, of four sitting back and they've got a protective wall, he's not going to, tr- you know, trigger, tr- look, get my teeth in, use his trickery to get around players. That's not his game, is it? No. Um, and, and you think back, it's, hard, it's harsh to compare, but you think back to like an Henri. Henri would have the skill to run at them with the pace, to get around them, to drive forward, to create something out of nothing. Orba's not that guy. And I'm not saying that we should put that expectation on him, um, but he's, he's kind of a bit one-dimensional in that respect, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He's yeah. a run-in behind the ball. He's, he's you know, he might play a quick one-two every now and again. But um, And then if we move across the field, 
Odegaard started again in the middle and he didn't really create anything, did he? Uh, and again, I don't think that's necessarily just down to him because the team didn't create anything as a whole. Um, and then Pepe just, and again, is that because of the way the team was playing? But Pepe just didn't really have the opportunity to create anything. Um it was just a very, very frustrating game to watch. And at no point did I think, you know what, we're coming back into this. We're, we're, and I mean that not in a possession way, but in a, oh, we've had five shots. We've had 10 shots and the, the you know, the, the keeper's pulled off a, a worldie to save it. We had one shot on target all game. Mm. You're not going to win matches yeah. like that. Um, so, yeah, it was very frustrating. I did see a stat. You know I love the stat. This one's from uh, at Albino. A great account for stats. He says Arsenal have failed to score in six of their last 11 Premier League games at the Emirates. You know, you have to go back to the, the late 80s, early 90s, certainly in my lifetime, when Arsenal were the famous 1-0 to the Arsenal. I don't think we can even buy a 1-0 at the moment in these games, can we? No. No, we can't. So... Um... It's it's a strange one. We have we have been creating more recently, but you know, Emil Smith Rowe didn't play, did he, in this one? And he's been our main sort of creator, or or in, definitely being involved in goals. Yeah. Um, I think we missed him. We missed his movement, um, his pace, his quick thinking. Like you said, Martin Odegaard didn't really get into the game at all. I think. Mm. Yeah. Up against Fernandinho, he he struggled. He's he's a wise old fox. Uh, just dealt with him quite easily. Yeah. Look, the result leaves us tenth. We've got a goal difference of five, which is shambolic. Let's be honest. Um, only Everton with four have got a lower goal difference than us in the top half of the table. Um, but worryingly, it's our eleventh loss of the season. Um, from you know 25 yeah. games, that's just not good enough. It's just not good it's enough. Not. And I know it's created a lot of uh, reaction, which obviously we can we'll go on to the questions in a moment because a lot of them are, are weighted towards, you know, what process are we trusting here? Is Arteta the right man for the job? How long do we we give him, etc. Um, but before we we move on to that, I just want to ask a quick question about Auber again. Do you think? I, I think we've mentioned it before. I'm not a fan of strikers being captains. Uh, you know, I always think defenders are probably best suited because they see everything from the back and, you know, they, they can talk to the players ahead of them. Uh, if not a, a defender, then certainly a midfielder. You know, again, in the middle of the park, you can see everything. I just don't like strikers being made captain. I don't no. like it particularly in in Aubameyang, if I'm honest. I don't see him as a leader that shouts and screams and, uh, you know, he doesn't do a Vieira or a Roy Keane, does he, um, to, to name two. Is he the right man for the job for you? Uh, do you think the captaincy is weighing him down, that maybe he feels like he needs to almost do do even more, that it, 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 it forces his hands to try and be something he's not and kind of takes his focus away from just being a striker that scores goals? Or is that just too easy a card to play? I don't know. It could could well be, yeah. I um I don't think it's something. I think he's proud to, to wear the armband, but I don't think it's something he really relishes or 
maybe put his hand up for yeah. necessarily. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I, I don't like a striker uh, as a captain. I I, uh, I think ideally you want a central midfield player, someone that's organising everywhere on the pitch from that position. Um, unfortunately, we don't have one in the squad that's up to that <laughs> task, I don't no, think. No. Do you? No, I mean, Jacques is a good finger pointer, um, but you know we've said before people respect him apparently you know he was captain for he has been sort of a bit of a vice captain if you like standing captain for Arteta he was captain for uh, Emery he was captain for Wenger he's been captain of the national team there's something about him that people seem to respect and like and, and feel like he's got that um, authoritative nature about him however I think if you're a captain there's two parts of it. One is the organising, the pointing, the shouting, the defending for your team. The other half of it is leading by example. And unfortunately, I don't think his examples are the best ones to to follow, you know, in terms of discipline, yeah. but also in terms of the way he plays. Um, yeah. Was it, I think it was, Benfica, which we'll come on to in a second, you know, just before half time, he, he, he was sort of in that left back type position and he was pinging a ball across the 18 yard box, which got intercepted and they missed, thankfully. But, that's not the sort of example you want a captain to be saying. You want the captain to say, I'm going to pass it to the man closest to me. Let's waste a bit of time and run down the clock to get to half time. So you're right. We don't have that player in the middle of the park. For me, the most natural leader I think that we have is Kieran Tierney. Um, he always comes out after the losses and, and talks to the media. I haven't seen Aubameyang do that once, I don't think. He only comes out when he scores goals and picks up a, a man of the match award or we've won the game and it's all nice, happy, happy. But I don't recall seeing him come out and saying, you know what, we weren't good enough today and I'm part of that, hold my hands up. Yeah, he's done it in in you know nice comments on Instagram and, and what have you. But to the media, it always seems to be the young boys that come out, Saka, Tierney, etc. Mm. So for me, KT is kind of the, the obvious captain, but... You? Yeah, he is for me um, as well. He's he's definitely certainly the most sort of old school type of uh, captain that we've got. I, I I just I struggle to find any captains in this squad to be honest. You know, uh, centre backs. I don't think we've got mm-hmm. anyone really. Um, I think on the training ground, David Luiz is probably a good captain, but. But on the pitch, in a match that matters, he's he's not, is he? Again, he's like, similar like to Jacker, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, very similar. Where um, he might talk a good game, but bad example. Can't play one. <laughs> <laughs> Talks a good game, but can't play a good game. Yeah, you're right. Uh, um, they don't grow on trees either, do they? And um, whether we've got one coming through the ranks, oh, I, I don't know. No, because again, for for all the brilliance of Saka and Emil Smith Rowe, they're kind of nice, quiet, shy boys. They're not, yeah. You know, what have you just done? You know, eh, not that shouting is the right the right uh, thing to do necessarily, but kind of shows a bit of grit and determination, doesn't it? So, I don't know. I just wonder if come the end of the year, maybe the right thing to do would be to say to Orba, you know what, I'm going to remove this burden from you. I just want you to be free and score, and you know, just focus purely on that. Uh, so that's what I think should happen but I don't think it will and I wonder whether knowing that he only had a year or 18 months or whatever it was left on his contract is that half the reason they gave him the captaincy you know to to buy a bit of 
loyalty from him, knowing that that might tie him a bit of a closer bond to to the club, and therefore he'll sign the contract. Well, we're, uh, we're guilty of it doing it in the past, so yeah, yeah, exactly. And look, it worked. <laughs> he signed yeah, the contract, it but does work. hasn't really performed since, has he? So as I say, we've ended up tenth. Um, we had a chance to go above Spurs, which would have been nice, or um, at least you know a point behind them. But we're now two points behind them and Villa, and we've played a game more than Spurs and two games more than Villa. So it's looking, you know, if we go on a good run, we could easily climb the table. But time's kind of running out to make a real, a real charge for certainly Champions League spaces and yeah. to to even finish in the Europa League. Uh, we we really need to get Thomas Party back in the side, I think. Yeah, um, he just adds another dimension to us. Um, we're able to move the ball up the pitch a lot quicker and then get into those dangerous areas. Yeah. But without him... He's just injured all the time, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, he needs to get over this and put him, hopefully, next season, yeah. 38 games straight, you know, yeah. in the league. Look, when, um, I was, when I was young, whenever anyone was ill, they just had Lucas aid. So, yeah. <laughs> maybe they just need to get, get down to the petrol station and buy him some Lucas aid or something, you know? I mean, he hardly got injured at Atletico Madrid, um, from what I've read. Yeah, like, yeah. Hardly any injuries, and as soon as he comes to us, is whether it's to do with change of the pace of the league, the uh, the fact of not having a proper pre-season, you know, this sort of. Maybe it's just the Arsenal player curse. That is kind of what happened. Maybe, maybe it's the training. Who, who knows? Yeah, yeah. But exactly. yeah, if we get him fit and we get a good run, he gets a good run in the side. It'll definitely help, I think. Yeah, without doubt, without a doubt. All right. Well, look, like I said, we've had lots of there's loads of fan reaction online. We've certainly had a, a fair share of questions, uh, yeah. which we can run through now, I think, because they all pretty much relate to the uh, the City game. Um, do you want to do you want to kick us off with one? Candy, mate, pick one at random. Yeah, why not? Okay, from Scott Borg at sm underscore Borg, he says, if you could take any one former Arsenal player, slot them into this current team, who would you pop in and why? Who would have the biggest influence? Ooh, that is a question, Scott. A tough one. I mean, we just spoke about the captaincy. Sorry to jump in. No, no, you're right. But yeah, maybe someone like that, a proper leader yeah, inside. I think so. I Tony think. Adams would, you know, he'd work wonders, wouldn't he? He would. I mean, the only reason that I, I, I was thinking Tony Adams or Patrick Vieira, and the only reason that Patrick I, Vieira, I was going to go yeah. with Patrick Vieira over Adams was. Ironically, despite what we've just said about um, you know, defensive frailties in, in the game against City that led to that goal, we've actually done pretty well defensively this season. And, and really, our, yeah. our issues are further up the pitch. Patrick Vieira had the leadership. Uh, he had the skill, the tenacity to um, influence a game, as I said before, in both in both aspects, both verbally and telling people what the hell they need to do, you know, and uh, with his ability to actually play the game pass the ball, win the tackle, play it forwards, you know. Um, I think you put a Patrick Vieira into this team, it would make a, a huge difference. Um, whereas a Tony Adams, you definitely get all of the above, but, you know, say this season especially, for the, the weird and wonderful nature of it, somehow we've ended up with a half-decent defensive record. 
Um, so, yeah, I would probably say Vieira. You? Well, yeah, I mean, I said Tony Adams, but I do agree with you. Patrick Vieira would make a massive difference. There were, there were games where he used to play. He might as well have been on his own in, in central midfield. He'd take two players out of the game easily. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cool. Yeah, good question. Good, yeah. Hard question, but good one. So thank you for that. Uh, right, here we go. Uh, this one's from Gary Hooker, who's at Gary Hooker 16 he says, we fell for the sucker punch in the first two minutes. I thought we played okay, but that is not good enough. When we were defending, they were on us causing mistakes. When they were defending, we were in our own half mostly. We played backwards and sideways and too deep. Why no Martinelli? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, you mentioned before, Diddley, they were pressing us very well from the front. And that's what caused us to play nervously and just pass the ball wherever, which was, as I said before, very sloppy. Um, and as it says here, you know, when they were defending, we were mostly in our uh, in our own half, <laughs> which we were. Um, why no Martinelli? I find that a strange one as well because he um, he came on, didn't he, against Benfica, which I know we're going to come on to shortly. But he came on in the 77th minute, so it's not as if he only got you know a small amount of game time because he was coming on for this game because he didn't even feature. Um, so I, I can understand why he's maybe rested him a little bit because of his recent injuries, but then that kind of goes out the window when you've got Pablo Mari and um, Kieran Tierney coming in. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know why no Martinelli, uh, if I'm honest, Gary, but I'm, well, I'm with you. Uh, well, starting 11, I think, Saka's probably undroppable if you know at the minute and Pepe has been playing well and I imagine that they were looking to hit him on the counter with those two players you know Gabriel Martinelli can, can do that he's a very pacey player uh, but I felt subs coming on um, you know Lacazette came on didn't he centre forward Aubameyang yep. shifted to the left I can see a little bit of logic in that. Maybe he could help bring others into play, hold it up a little bit. Uh, you know, that's that's what all I could see from yeah, it. Yeah, I think if if Martinelli had come on, it would have been a light for light replacement with either Saka or or Pepe. But to be honest, the problem started before that for me because we mentioned um, over recent weeks on the podcast that Pepe's played better on the left hand side and Saka has mm. made that right midfield, right wing position his own. And yet, it's almost like, again, square pegs, round holes. We've, we've kind of forced people into different positions. And at no point did, unless I'm mistaken, did Arteta think, yeah, this isn't really working. I'm going to swap them. It kind of persevered with it uh, to, to no effect. So Yeah, I mean, that sort of Pepe, Hector Bellerin on the right-hand side just doesn't really work, does there. it, for either, no, either of them? No, nothing. Um, making Hector look bad, bro. Well, I saw, <laughs> uh, yeah, I saw, I saw a rumor today that said that uh, he's been linked again with PSG. PSG, yeah, I saw that. Uh, maybe you know, I, I was maybe a huge, it's time. yeah, I was a huge Bellerin fan when he first broke into the team, um, and you know, he's had some great moments. In fact, we've got a question on on Bellerin, Go so on. why not go straight to that? Uh, he says, just got to find it. <laughs> 
Always the way. Um, so it's from David Brudnell. And it says, I'm a big fan of Bellerin, but he didn't have his best game last night. I think he was at fault for the goal after losing Sterling. I see a lot of hate for him, but he did score against Leeds and put a chance on a plate for Orba against Benfica. Do you think the criticism of Bellerin is justified? And do you think we should have flowed him in the summer uh, and look for a replacement? Now, I know you're a big Bellerin fan, aren't you? I am, but yeah, look, I do see his faults and it's I like him for uh, more than just football reasons. Um, I think he's a top top person. Oh, person, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You big fan of his H&M clothing range. I am. I'm, you know, <laughs> everything's out of stock at the minute. I'm, wait- I'm waiting on that denim jacket. <laughs> yeah, the, the problem is, and whilst I agree with you, it's brilliant that he, he does all this extracurricular stuff. You know, first of all, he's paid to be um, a footballer. Yeah, and... no, no. If, if we're just talking about football, obviously, I do appreciate that he has his faults. Defensively, he's, he's not really improving. Um, yeah. if, if there's like I, I said to you I texted you in the week I said if there's a player out there you know people are quick to say oh we need to get him out well, who who are we going to bring in yeah, because I do did. think he does offer us things going forward he, he's very good at uh, link play um, he's technically very good uh, um, do you know he what? can he can move into midfield a little bit, uh, yeah. which is what Arteta wants these fullbacks to do sometimes. Yeah. No, you're right, he does. I, I think that'd be a good question to put out on Sunday during the stream, you yeah. know, saying anti anti uh, Bellerin, but there haven't really been many or any that we've seen credible replacements for him. So who, you know, it, well, don't have to wait till Sunday if you're listening to this and you've got one, contact us. But if not, we'll ask Sunday and just see who would you put forward as a viable alternative to Bellerin because he's a sellable asset PSG massively linked with him fashion capital of the world so he's probably you know all jokes aside yeah. probably quite keen to go there so he it's kind of a win-win, be, yeah. Yeah, win-win situation um but you're right Diddley who takes his place um and I, w- I would gladly accept you know that sort of 25 million 30 million euros if it or whatever if it was offered yeah, yeah. Which you know, if if rumours are to be believed, that is what's going to happen. So again, you know, a massive profit on a player that we we got when he was young. It's a no-brainer, really. You can't keep sticking if if things ain't working. Is you, you, you have to move them on, don't you? Yeah, you do indeed, mate. You do. Um, you got another question for us? Uh, yeah. Uh, friend of the show at Cannon Shatter says we lost to a mistake we got back into the game with a 50-50 possession but truth be told City didn't get out of second gear and you felt if they had needed to they could have scored more still a massive amount of change and work needed to the squad to compete yeah I couldn't agree more I think um, after the summer transfer window we looked at our team and i remember we said wow we've got a really really strong core spine to our team with leno uh gabriel uh party and abamyang you know we were like big strong tall players and uh, i think there was you know the usual arsenal uh rose tinted glasses on that maybe we had but i think we thought this is great you know this this core is kind of where we can build the team 
Uh, and we shifted loads of dead wood in, in January. Uh, but it's quite clear that, you know, players like El Nenny, for all his running around, which is brilliant, he's not going to win you a place back into the Champions League. Um, and he's only, you know, he's only one example. I still think Jack is not really quite the level that we want him to be and, and we see glimpses of. So, yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. There's um, there's loads of work still still to be done to the squad. And this is the key, you know. We said it before, it's not a five-minute job fixing this team uh, and fixing this squad. Um, so, time will tell. Time will tell. But there's definitely a big job still to be done. Yeah, definitely. We're, we're way off um, where City are. Um, you know, look, Pep had some kind words to say. He said that... He can see us challenging with a few more signings. I'm not sure about that. I think we can definitely progress up the table, uh, top four, definitely, uh, after this summer. Mm. Uh, and if we're not, then you've got to start looking at Arteta's credibility to, to take us to the next level, yeah. I guess. It's funny that you say that. Uh, there was a tweet that I saw from... Uh, Farteta FC, who's at Wars, <laughs> yeah, great name, at uh, War Same Footy, and they tweeted, Arteta joined Arsenal in December 2019, Ancelotti joined Everton in December 2019, David Moyes joined West Ham in December 2019. Please spare me with the Arteta needs more time and players aren't good enough excuses. You know, part of you feels like. <sighs> Yeah, I kind of know what you mean in a way, you know, because I'm sorry, Everton's squad is not better than ours. West Ham's is definitely not better than ours, but they're doing better than we are. Albeit I did say that Everton have got a lower goal difference than us, but you know they're still ahead of us in the in the league. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to say time's running out for Arteta, but like we said before, you've got to get to the end of the season, do what you got to do, and then really next season is your you know, is where you're measuring yourself against. Um, yeah. So we'll, we'll see. Right. Next question was from Mark Tyler, who's at Mark Gibbons. He kindly wrote us a book. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Two tweets in one. Just joking, Mark. He put, I don't think it's reactionary that we lost the city. I didn't expect us to win. My personal problem is that we have 11 defeats in 25 games, 31 goals all season, struggling to stay in the top 10. I'm not really seeing progress. The team are too negative most of the time, and this isn't being questioned. Also, the manner of the defeat is annoying. It's not like we were unlucky to lose. We offered nothing going forward after we went 1-0 down. Some fans seem to have accepted this mediocrity as well, saying, it's Man City, like that's a get-out-of-jail-free card for showing no effort. I think Mark's feeling the way we're all feeling. You know, We're all frustrated by how much we're losing. Um, we're, we're all frustrated by how far off the pace we are. You know, I guess when you've gone through in the last 20 odd years seeing Wenger deliver top four and we complained, oh, we're only in the top four and not necessarily winning, you know, even that rightly wasn't good enough. But at least we were kind of there, thereabouts and we were challenging. It feels like we're so far off the pace at the moment. Mm-hmm. And the only, only, you know, glimmer of hope that I hold, which it's not even a comparable uh, argument to make, is... If we don't make it into Europe this season, hopefully we can do a Chelsea that season under Conte where they weren't in Europe and then they won the league. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but maybe less games to play, less concentration on, on other outside influences mean more opportunity on the pitch. 
I don't know. I'm not even convinced of myself. You can hear it in my voice. <laughs> yeah, look, he's right. One nil didn't re- reflect the, the the game the way it went. Um, we we were lucky not to get beat by two or three in the yeah. end, maybe. Um, yeah. yeah, it's not good enough. Um, yeah. We should be up there, but you know we're suffering from a lot of bad decisions, a lot of bad transfers. And it takes time to sort out. You know, I, I unlike Mark, I do see some progress. Um, it's not as quick as I'd like to see it, but you know, I do believe that it's uh, going to get better. And I don't want to just say, yeah, let's look forward to next season. We're still in this season. Uh, yeah. Teams, teams are losing games. Look at Liverpool; they just lost four in a row as well. You know. Covid's had a part to play in this as well. Um, well, look, we've got another another question here from Drudge. God, I've screwed up. Sorry, guys. Judge Dread the Law, who's at Alitriz Antonio. You know, you guys don't help with your crazy ass names, but it's all good. Don't worry. He put, to be honest, if not for the Rob mistake on the first two minutes, this game could have been a draw. One nil is a loss anyway. Uh, sorry, one nil is a, a loss anyway. We look at it and can't be excused much. But it could have been worse than than it was. My question is, and this kind of goes to your point, Diddley, if Artes is sacked, who would you like to see come in? That I think we struggled with that last time. You know, when Emery was sacked, it was, well, who do we want to come in? And I think the names thrown up were the likes of Ancelotti, David Mo- no, not David Moyes. Um, but Ancelotti was definitely in, in the mix for it. Um, I think Conte's name, Allegri's name. There were a couple of good names that were, were were thrown into the mix but if he goes let's say they say at the end of the season look you've not won Europa League or what you've not got us into Europe you're off I can't see that happening myself but who who would you want to be honest I think they just have the same issues and the same problems or not you given know, we've given, had a lot of bad players to get rid of well, that's the thing. That, if a new guy comes in, all those players are already gone. So he's kind of a head head start on, on Arteta. Well, yeah, that. there is that, yeah. But I get your point. Still playing with average players. Uh, uh, I, I don't, honestly, I don't have a name for you. Yeah. You know, Allegri's football's not, it's not great. He's got a good record at winning things, but so is Jose Mourinho. And I wouldn't want him as manager. No, well, that's it. That's I mean, look what he's doing at Spurs. It's ugh, it's disgusting. It's horrible to watch. What about the football? I mean, I found him <laughs> hard to watch before that. Yeah. Now they're even worse. Yeah, beautiful. Um, yeah, it's a tough one. I don't know. I don't think that, um, you know, that era of saying, God, all of these super managers that are around, which one would I want? I don't think that, that sort of elitist genre of manager exists anymore you know mm. there's almost a bit of snobbery about some some managers i mean again i'm not saying it's someone that i'd say oh yeah definitely we want him but look at someone like brendan rogers he's done a great job at leicester isn't he you know and i don't know if it's because he was at liverpool and they didn't win the league when maybe they should have or because you know he's not foreign foreign um is there a snobbery there i don't know but um well i think we were certainly interested um, it, maybe even when he was at Leicester. Uh, yeah, and he signed a contract. But, 
Yeah, he signed a new contract, didn't he? So that could be why he signed it. Um, yeah. All right. Yeah, look, he, he's he's made mistakes in the past, but he's recovered from that since Liverpool and done great things at Celtic. But that's not difficult um, unless you're um, Neil Lennon, the, man, the manager this season. Yeah. But yeah, maybe he just got lucky with signings this time round. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Players like Madison have gone up a, a level and. But is that is what we need his to do? Signing? No, I don't think so. No, but is that what we need to do? Do we need to look to championship players that have performed? Uh, I think we certainly need to take um, advantage of that and and get in there earlier. Uh, We're missing out on players like James Madison and uh, who who else did we talk about? Um, There's Amy Buendia, there's Ivan Tony that we've spoken about, there's um, uh, Jack Grealish was in the championship with Villa, wasn't he? There was probably a chance we could have him at that point, you know? Um, so it's hard when you're chopping and changing at the top all the time. That doesn't help, does it? Because you don't have a clear sort of vision that, that everyone is adhering to. So now that that's changed, who knows? Maybe Edu and Arteta will will do something special in the summer and get more players from Chelsea to buy into the project. But there you go. Right, one more question. Uh, do you want to read through it or have you got it there? Uh, I've got it here, yeah. Uh, from Ashish Shetty uh, at Ashish S8782. It says, what's worse, losing 1-0, knowing that we were held at an arm's length, or losing 3-0, knowing that we are nowhere near our opponent's level? Being not bothered about it either way, because we ain't Arsenal of 10 years ago and won't be contenders in the near future as well. Uh, what's what worse? I think... That? I think losing 1-0, knowing that we were held at arm's length is worse because they could have scored 2, 3, 4, 5, whatever. Do you, uh, do you think they... I know they could have, but they didn't, did they? Well, they didn't. I mean... I'd rather have lost 3-0 knowing that we were trying. I think we should have been braver. Yeah. Um, um, that That's my opinion. Not, it, not It's in, easier said than done to... To say that, and you know, like you said, City did have pretty much complete control. At, yeah, at football's most. a fickle game, isn't it? Because you know, we lost one nil to the best team in the land. If we'd have been more brave and um, and you know, ambitious, we could have lost three. Yeah, four yeah, nil. yeah, lost three or four and nil. We'd be. Oh, Arteta shouldn't have gone after it. He should have just shut up shop and tried to hit him yeah, on the Yeah, yeah, so yeah. You're going to lose this win. situation, aren't you? Yeah. And that's why it's so important that we... We're probably not going to have much time to talk about it now, but the Benfica game that's going to be played in Greece next week... Oh, no, sorry, this week. It's so important that we get something from that so that it wasn't all for nothing. The issue that I've got is why are we still making substitutes, you know, late in the game, not until 70th minute, 75th minute? You know, we're, we're not doing enough to either influence the current game or p- protect players for the future games that are important, like the Benfica. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It used to be yeah. something that Wenger did. It used to wind me up, you know, 65th minute, 70th minute substitute. Um, and Arteta seems to have taken that from him and, and thought the same thing. And I don't know, just really annoying, isn't it? Look, thanks for all those questions. Lots of debate, lots happening. We'll wait and see what um, 
what the future holds, but we've got to stick by the team and Arteta till the end of the season because I firmly believe nothing's going to change, uh, you know, at, at the very least until then. Um, do you want to have a quick chat about the Benfica game? Yeah, game. I thought we again. I was surprised starting lineup um, without those changes. I, I thought there'd be more. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought we pretty much had the better chances, had more possession, yeah. we were the better team. Yeah. Uh, I was a little bit frustrated by the result, really. Um, not the worst result, but we sh- we should have come away winning that. I think we. I I hope we don't live to re- regret Congrats. those missed opportunities yeah uh totally with you it's good to get the away goal but you know the way that we carved them open Orba must have had a good three or four chances one in particular oh, where it was harder was to miss than score ridiculous he obviously had a bet on <laughs> <laughs> i can't score this goal it'll uh it'll, it'll break my uh it'll break my bet um obviously jokes but uh yeah how we didn't win that game i don't know um and yeah like you said let's just hope we don't we don't come to rue those missed chances on thursday because uh it's now win or bust isn't it and i do think that the more we sort of don't do anything in the premier league the the more we have to make something of this europa league campaign and, and try and win it but there you go. Uh, Benfica, just if you're interested, they drew 0-0 at the weekend uh, against SC Farens, who are a team fourth from bottom in the Primaria Liga, and they've got a minus seven goal difference. So that gives me a little bit of hope that, you know, maybe, just maybe we can do something. Yeah, and I think the players should be encouraged uh, from the performance that, you know, they were, they were very capable of winning the game. So yeah. You know, they should go into this game. It's the home game, right, in Greece? Yeah, yeah. Which is ridiculous. Um, yeah. But, yeah. The home game in Greece, that's even further away than the away game was in Italy. <laughs> yeah, and apparently we had two options. Yes, I heard that. Poland, from. I think one, Poland was the other one. Yeah. Um, which is closer. Yeah, yeah. I think I don't know, maybe Greece was better for the photos because of the weather. I'm not sure. Mm. Uh, there was one tweet that I absolutely loved, which was from uh, at AFC Met. We've done tweet uh, of the week, but go on. We've done tweet of the week. It's going to be an honourable mention. Uh, so you may remember that there was um, Odegaard got into a great position and probably should have shot, but he decided to pass the ball and then we didn't end up scoring the goal. Um, and he put a tweet out which says, he's a proper Arsenal player, that Odegaard, passing when he should have shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, definitely, yeah. So true. Oh God, yeah, he, I thought he played really well in that game. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, really well. He looks. I know he struggled a little bit against City, but I think he. Uh, we'll, we'll see early days, but he looks a proper player. Yeah, I think everyone struggled against City, and that was the problem. There was nobody that really shone. You know, you could argue Saka was the best of a bad bunch, but it is what it is. We've lost it. We have to move on. Um, hopefully we come through the Benfica game and when we speak to you next on Sunday um, just after the Leicester game we are celebrating the fact that we're into the next round of the Europa League uh, with this being the second leg of the round of 32 Uh, and then as we said we've got Leicester at the weekend tricky tricky game you know a few years ago Leicester would be a game that you'd think a bit like City before they got all their money three points happy days 
but Leicester are third at the moment, 10 points behind City, um, but level on points with Man United. Um, they're a good team. They are a good team. Um, but yeah, um, but they're at home, and they're not as I think their away records may be better than their home record. Yeah, uh, I don't know why that is. To be honest, without the fans in there, but that's the kind of the way football's going, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. So, um, do you want to make a prediction for that game? It's our first. YouTube live stream. I can only go for an Arsenal win. So yeah. it's a positive prediction. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go 2 1. Okay. And I'm going to be positive as well. And I'm going to say 1 all. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah. Okay. That's that's good. We'll see what happens. That's the 12 o'clock kickoff. Straight after that, 15 minutes later, as Diddley says, we're doing our live stream. So make sure you follow us on Twitter, uh, YouTube or Twitch so that you can see the stream. Join us, get involved. We want your your questions, your match reaction um, and anything else that you want to talk about. Uh, talk about what you're having for lunch if you want, whatever suits your fancy. Uh, and I think that's probably it for this week, Diddley, isn't it? Unless there's anything you want else you want to add? No? No, just uh, join us on Sunday. Yeah, exciting. Forward to it and oh, oh, well, well, don't forget well, you can win a football shirt. Oh yeah, the, the competition, obviously. That's it. So yeah, go follow us at, at Blast Arsenal Pod. Uh, find the pin tweet, and if you retweet it, you in with a chance of winning a lovely ninety-three, ninety-four away Arsenal shirt. It's a beautiful Indeed. thing. Uh, and also you can find us on Instagram and all you've got to do there is like the post one or the other well if you if you do both I guess you're buying two tickets to the to the lottery there but um, yes chance to win that winner announced during the live stream um, until then thank you for your continued support and we very much look forward to seeing you on Sunday thanks guys thank you and we'll speak to you soon bye Arsenal.